Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan ar-rajim, bismillah ar-rahman ar-rahim, as-salatu wa salam ala al-imam al-huda wa al-muttaqeen, Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassili amri wa hlul uqtatan min lisani yaffahu qawli. Jazakumullah khairan for inviting me again. May Allah azza wa jal accept uh, your efforts. Jazakumullah uh, khair for the food as well. Uh, and everybody who has joined us, Jazakumullah Khairan. Inshallah, you know, I'm going to go with the topic that was given to me was about speaking the haqq in light of the Quran. And I was thinking about this, and one ayah, subhanAllah, just kept coming to my mind, which basically exemplifies this whole idea of speaking the haqq. And Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, هُوَ الَّذِي أَرْسَلَ رَسُولَهُ بِالْهُدَىٰ وَدِينِ الْحَقِّ لِيُظْهِرَهُ عَلَى الدِّينِ كُلِّهِ وَلَوْ كَرِهَ الْمُشْرِكُونَ right? Allah Azza wa Jal, he, he says that He has sent His Messenger وسلم, with a guidance وَالَّذِي أَرْسَلَ رَسُولَهُ بِالْهُدَىٰ right? He has given this guidance al-Huda وَالدِّينِ الْحَقِّ that He has given him this deen of haqq so that it Overpower supersedes that it dominates over all other deens that are out there. And this ayah is basically the whole Quran, really. It's exemplifying what this deen is about. It's exemplifying what the Quran is about. That it is a huda, it is a guidance for the whole of humanity. And it is the haqq, it is the absolute truth. There's no other truth than the truth of Islam, than the truth of the Qur'an. So now how do you translate that into speaking the haqq, or conveying the haqq, or standing true to this haqq, true to this message, true to what the Qur'an is talking about, true to what Rasul taught us. And Allah throughout the Qur'an he gives us examples to learn from. There are stories in the Quran about Nuh salam, about Musa salam, about uh, Asya, the daughter of, uh, sorry, the, the wife of Fir'aun, and so on and so forth. There's multiple examples. And one of the surahs is completely dedicated to this issue of speaking the haqq, of what happens to the people who speak the haqq, and what is the reward that Allah has for them. And that surah, Surah Al-Buruj, a whole surah is dedicated to this idea. And Allah says, وَالسَّمَاءِ ذَاتِ الْبُرُوجِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْمَعُودِ وَشَاهِدٌ وَمَشْهُودٌ Allah He's starting the surah by taking an oath. He's, he's taking an oath on his own creation. He's saying, buruj is by by the heavens, by the stars that I have created, the buruj, the, the structures, the castles in the sky. He's swearing by that, his own creation. 
And he goes on, he says, And I swear by that day, the day of resurrection, the day when all of us will gather in front of Allah Azza wa Jal. And then he continues and he says, That means on that day when people will be a witness. There will be witnesses and they will witness something. In some of the Mufassirin they say this is the Yom al Jum'ah. But the, the other Mufassirin, uh, uh, they gave different interpretations. But it, the simple fact is, it is by the people who will witness this on Yom Al-Akhirah. And what they will witness. He is swearing by three things. Qutila ashabul ukhdud. Cursed are the people. Cursed are the people. Allah is giving the, his, his, uh, his, uh, his curse upon these people who were known as the people of the ditch. The ones who dug up this ditch and threw people into them because they believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is cursing them. And He's taking an oath by these three things. إِذْهُمْ عَلَيْهَا قُعُودٍ that they built a ditch. They built a ditch and filled it with fire. A burning fire. So hot. Some of the Mufassirians say that the birds would burn as they flew over this ditch. And then, and look at the description that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about of these people. إِذْهُمْ عَلَيْهَا and then they sat. They sat. All calm and collected. And they sat the pe- sat and saw around the fire. They gathered around the fire. You know, for example, if you go in the desert and stuff, you light a fire with the wood and stuff. And you're, 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 you're burning your marshmallows. And a little fly comes along, burns in them. You don't pay much attention to it. You just say, oh, it's a fly. It, it got caught in the fire, or the sparkles that go off in the wood fire. You're relaxing, you're chilled out. Here the word qu'ud is you're relaxed, you're chilled, you're enjoying the scene. Uh, if the, the brother from the Arab community can correct me if I'm emphasizing the term here a bit more. But that's what it means. That they're just sitting and they're watching the destruction. They're sitting and they're enjoying what is happening to these people. Oh, haq is the truth. Sorry. When we talk about haq is the truth. That they are enjoying this, this, this scene. And let's connect this. And I, and I want to take a break here and, and, and go back to this hadith of Rasul This whole situation is explained in the hadith in Sahih Muslim. Rasul he's talking about, he says, there was a time when there was a king who claimed himself to be the Rabb. He had a magician who did his magic to fool the people. And this magician was getting old. So this magician, the sahir, this magician tells the king, I need a young boy. 
so I can teach him the magic because I'm getting old, I'll die off, but we need to continue this kufr. So he tells the king, find me a boy, a charismatic kid. Look at this. Here there is a king who's ruling on kufr, who claims that he is Rabb, who claims that he is God. There's a magician that supports his oppression, that supports his kufr. And instead of coming back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, instead of going back to the haq, he wants to harm the next generation. He's preying on the youth. He doesn't say, bring me a man, bring me an older person. He says, bring me a young boy. That is the tafsir of the Surah al This is with the people of ditches. Bring me a young boy. Relate that to our times. These young boys that are in front of us, they are targets of kufr. Do not think that your kids are neutral in this struggle between haq and batil. Your kids are the prey. Just like how the people of the ditch, the magician requested a young boy so that he could teach him the magic so that he would continue the kufr, so that he would continue misleading the people. That young boy was preyed upon. And they found the young boy, and they took him, and he became his teacher. Our kids are also being influenced from forces beyond us. So do not think that they are going to be neutral in the struggle between haq and batil. And that is where this whole issue comes in. The whole issue of Surah Al-Buruj is about a young boy and a king, a young boy and the system of kufr, a young boy and the forces of disbelief, a young boy on haq versus everything else that's out there. So this young kid, he starts taking lessons from this magician to learn his magic. Uh, some of the Mufassirin, they say that this is, a, this is a story basically after the time of Isa alayhi salam. They talk about this is from Yaman, etc. I'm not going to go into all those details. If you want, you can read the books of Tafsir on that. But the main message is the following. On his way to learn these lessons, on his way to get taught by his new teacher, he meets a monk. He meets a learned scholar who was praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who was praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and, and he hears this, and he, he somehow gets connected with him. And for him, when he heard this prayer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it was different because that is not what the people were doing. The people were all saying, this king is the Rabb. They were not used to listening that Allah is the Rabb. So the term that is used, fa'ajabuhu, right? He was surprised. What is this new idea? What is this new saying? Just like now today, some of our youth, when you tell them this is Islam, they say, what? When you tell our people, look, Islam has a nizam, Islam has a system, Islam has a way of life, Islam needs to be yudhiruhu ala kullihi, right? It's like, what? 
This is new. This is not something that we heard of. So now he's in between these two things where this kid, he's taking lessons with the magician. He's going to the monk, to the, to the scholar, to the one who believes in Islam. He's taking lessons from him as well. He's stuck in this situation where he's learning kufr and magic on one side and he's learning the deen of Islam on the other side. Just like we today do the same. Our kids today do the same. We try and teach them Islam and when they go out in the society, in school, in, on the TV, in general, they're learning everything but Islam. They're stuck on this path. This kid would take the road to the, 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 the magician teaching him kufr and magic. And the, on the way back, he's learning the other part, which is the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Much like us today. Much like how my daughters are going through today. And I'm sure everybody else's. Where you tell them, learn the deen of Islam, stick to the Quran, stick to the hadith, learn your manners from the deen of Islam, learn this and this and this and that. And then they go out into the school system, into the society, and they're diverted to something else. Eventually, there comes a time where on this path, there is, they say that the hadith goes on and says there was a beast. It doesn't say what kind of beast it was and so, and so on and so forth. But there was a beast that blocked the road so the people could not travel. So the boy says, today is a time when I can test who is right. So he takes a stone and he throws it. And he says, look, if, if the one who calling for Allah is correct, then it will kill this beast. If it's not, then the other one is right. So it kills the beast. And now his popularity in the community, in the society he was in, is raised because we'll, we'll take questions at the end. Uh, because he killed the beast by just throwing a little stone and he used the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in it. He goes and tells the magician, he goes and tells the, the scholar that believed in Islam, the monk. He says, now you have become better than I am. The scholar, the monk is telling the kid that you have actually become better than me. Why does he say this? Because he took an action believing in the Rabb and he presented to society so the society realized that there is something different here. He's not hiding in a cave no more. And he tells him, look, you will be tested. When you are on the haqq, you will be tested. I'm going to cut the story short. I'm going to go to the other part. There's, there's a whole bunch of incidences that happen. Eventually he gets found out by the king. His minister becomes Muslim. Comes on the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? The monk is, is, is believing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then this boy. There are three people now. The three characters in the story. The minister, he, the king finds out that you are in my court. You are the one who needs to represent me in my kufr. But now you have changed script. 
You've turned the tables. You've believed in something else other than me. You've believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala instead of the king. So his punishment was that they dug him up, put him, dug a hole, put him in there, and, and they took a saw, the king took a saw and sawed him in half. Now this is no high-powered, high-RPM electrical saw. Right? The saws that uh, we use. This is a manual saw that you're grinding back and forth. Back and forth. Saws him in half. His own minister and his own court. He saws the monk in half. And he tells the kid, will you now believe? And he doesn't. Believe in me rather. And he doesn't give up his deen. The monk doesn't give up his deen. The minister who just became Muslim doesn't give up his deen. So he tells the boy, he tells the soldiers, take him to the highest mountain, wherever you can find him and throw him off of that. They try and do that. He prays to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saves him. He kills his soldiers. Then he tells them, then, and think about it, and then the boy comes back. He doesn't run away. The boy, when he was being taken up to the mountain to be killed off, he doesn't go, when he's saved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he doesn't run away. He comes back to the king and he says, I'm back. Who does that? Who really does that? But this is a boy who's on haq. And the point of the matter is that he's not an older gentleman, he's not a, uh, a teenager, he's not a, a young man, he's a boy. A boy, a small kid, right? He's, he's not one of those guys you would expect something from. He comes back and he tells them back. So the king tells him, tells his soldiers, take him to the sea and drown him in the sea. He makes dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroys the soldiers. He saves him. The boy comes back again. And he tells him, you have basically, now the king is humiliated, being challenged by this kid who is believing in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who is standing on the haqq, who is being persecuted. His mentors, his teachers are being killed. But he does not waver. He sticks to his path. And now he tells them, he tells the king, if you want to kill me, if you want to kill me, then tie me to a tree, take an arrow from my own quiver, take my own arrow. Right? And when you shoot it, say, when you shoot it, say, Bismillahi Rabbil Ghulam. Bismillahi Rabbil Ghulam. Shoot it and kill me this way. This is the only way you can kill me. And you gather all the people around to witness this. So the king does that. He falls into the trap. He falls into the trap of the boy. So he takes him, ties him to a tree, takes his arrow from his quiver, his own arrow, the kid's own arrow, and he shoots it and says, Bismillahi Rabbil Ghulam.
which means in the name of the Lord of this boy. He used to call himself the God. He used to call himself the Rabb, the Creator. But now he's being forced to kill off this kid by saying, in the name, Bismillah, in the name of the God of this boy. And he kills him. What this causes is for the society to now turn against this kufr, turn against the king himself. The people started to say, Amantu, right? They say, I, we believe in the Lord of this boy. A whole society is now changed. Once they were worshipping the king, now they're worshipping the God of this kid. Rabbul A'la, Al-Aziz, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in the next part of the, uh, the next part of the ayahs of the uh, Surah al Guruj, He says, وَمَا نَقَمُوا مِنْهُمْ إِلَّا أَنْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِاللَّهِ الْعَزِيزِ الْحَمِيدِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, they, these people who believed in this kid now, who believed in the rub of this kid, they had done nothing except believe in Aziz and Al-Hamid. Al-Aziz and Al-Hamid. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's, it's very interesting why Allah is using Al-Aziz and Al-Hamid. Al-Aziz means the one who is the lawgiver. Al-Aziz is the one who says he's the lawgiver. Here the king is, I am, he's saying, I am the God. I am the one who gives the law. Allah is refuting that in this ayah. I am Al-Aziz. I am the lawgiver. And I am the one as Al-Hamid. The one that needs to be praised. Not you, the king. Because these guys are used to people praising them. Oh, you're, you're providing us with life. You're, provi- sorry, you're providing us with money. You're providing us with uh, food. You're pro- taking care of us. This and that. And they think of themselves as being praiseworthy. But Allah is switching the script here. Allah is saying they killed these people just because they believed in Al-Aziz and Al-Hamid. So they dug up a ditch. They dug up a ditch. They lit it up with fire, a burning fire. He says, Alladhi lahu mulku samawati wal ardi wallahu ala kulli shayin shaheed. And Allah continues, he says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ فَتَنُوا الْمُؤْمِنِينَ وَالْمُؤْمِنَاتِ ثُمَّ لَمْ يَتُوبُوا فَلَهُمْ عَذَابُ جَهَنَّمَا وَلَهُمْ عَذَابُ الْحَرِيقِ That they took the believing men and the believing women and they took them and they tormented them. They put them all the people who believed in this boy and his Rabb the ones who believed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they took them all and they threw them in this burning fire and they sat and they watched. Relate that to our times. Relate that to our times when the Muslim ummah is being firebombed, when the Muslim ummah is being bombed day and night, when the Muslim ummah is being killed day and night. And the oppressors, the oppressors, they sit and they watch and they enjoy. 
they have no sense of sympathy they have no sense of humanity they have no regrets either they watch they watch think about the images that you may have seen of what is happening in Syria what is happening in Rohingya what is happening in Somalia and all these other places and this is for the kids to know that if you stick to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you will be tested and your test may be different it is not necessary that everybody will, will be tested with the test of tortures and calamities you will be tested in different capacities but you will be tested here Allah azza wa jal he says inna alladhina fatanu fatanul mu'minina wal mu'minati Allah is emphasizing here. Typically when Allah talks about mu'mineen, he, he says mu'mineen and it means men and women together. He doesn't need to specify women and men and women. Mu'mineen is said is generally understood as both men and women. But Allah in this ayah, he's making sure, he's specifying this. That they not only killed off the men, they tortured, killed, threw them in the fire, even the women. They did not spare anybody. You know, typically we say don't kill the women and children. Allah said they did not spare anyone. Just like today. Just like today, our children, our women are not spared. They're not. Only because they believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, only because they want to stick to the haqq. This is the practical outcome. If you truly believe in Allah Azza wa Jal, Allah Azza wa Jal continues, فَلَهُمْ عَذَابُ الْجَهَنَّمَ وَلَهُمْ عَذَابُ الْحَرِيقِ There is a ring structure in this surah, meaning that some of the themes that are mentioned in the front of the surah is also mentioned at the end of the surah, in the middle matches the end of the middle and so on. Um, there are many surahs like that, they have a ring structure. So some of the themes that are mentioned in the beginning of the surah will get repeated at the end of the surah as well. He says, there's a punishment for these people. Punishment for the people of the ditch who sat and watched. They will, they will have, they will go into Jahannam and they will have an adabul hariq a burning fire just like how they burnt the people who believed they will get their pay they will get their dues and Allah is saying hariq to make sure that he is emphasizing that this will be a huge chastising burning fire and then Allah Azawajal, he says anhar." And for the ones who have believed, for the ones who have stuck, stood on haq, for the ones who have said the righteous, who have acted in the righteous way, that there will be gardens, multiple gardens, in the plural sense, sense here. There will be gardens and there will be rivers. And Allah says, that they will have a great superior and immense success in the hereafter 
Allah is finishing with this. To finish off the story. At the end, there was a woman also that they threw in the, the ditch. She had a baby. She had a baby that she was breastfeeding. Right? A baby that was breastfeeding. And she stood in front of the fire and she hesitated. Think about that scene. Just imagine that scene. And the idea I'm, I'm trying to emphasize, especially for the kids, these stories are not about some nice stories that you read and, and you go to bed. These are stories, these are lessons that Allah is giving us to learn from, to take heed, to understand, to reflect upon, to put yourself in that situation. So think about yourself seeing a situation where a woman is now being, is now being pushed into a pit of fire where she will burn to death. She has a baby in her hands. A baby that she is breastfeeding in her hands. And she will be burnt alive. Because she says, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. Because she says, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah. So she hesitated. Any mother would. Any mother would, any father would. She hesitated. So the baby speaks. And this is the, 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 the karama of Allah The baby speaks. The baby speaks to the mother and says, Ya ummi isbiru fa'inniki fa'innaki ala al-haq. Ya ummi isbiru fa'innaki ala al-haq. The baby tells the mother, have patience, my mother. Have patience because you are on the haq. The baby tells the mother, have patience, you are on the haq. Because the punishment of this dunya is nothing compared to the punishment of the akhirah. It is absolutely nothing. This is what happens. This is the story of Surah Al-Buruj. And Allah later on in the surah, He gives another example. He says, remember the armies. Remember the armies of Ad and Thamud. He doesn't end. At the end of the surah, He talks about, remember the armies of Ad and Thamud and what happened to them. And Allah's vengeance is supreme. Allah's punishment for the ones. So that is where Surah Al-Buruj ends. And yet, Allah ends with saying, that the Qur'an, He says, that This is the Qur'an Al-Majid, the glorious Qur'an that is kept in Lawh Al-Mahfud. Going back to the original idea of swearing by the stars, by the sky, by, by the heavens. The Qur'an is preserved in Lawh Al-Mahfud. Surah Al-Buruj, the people of the ditch. These are examples for us to learn 
These are examples for us to reflect upon about what it means to be on the haqq. And the ayah that I recited in the beginning, المشركون, It is about that this deen of haqq, that this deen of Islam needs to be advocated for, needs to be put at its proper pedestal because it is the absolute truth. And standing for this truth, standing for this deen, is where the reward is. Standing for speaking the haqq is what is needed. And especially in today's times, when it is all about <clears throat> fake news, right? It is all about falsehood. It is all about lying to people. It is all about projecting ideas that are contrary to this deen of Islam. This deen of Islam, this Quran is your only light. This Quran is your only path. This Qur'an is your only salvation. This Qur'an will lead you to Jannat al-Firdaus al-A'la. Zafunullah khairan wa akhir da'una alhamdulillahi rabbil Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Qur'an tafsir, and seerah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.